Hi, welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. This is uh, episode 97. It's going to be a solo episode. Um, talk, I, I want to talk about a bunch of topics, but before I get started with that, remember, if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or subscribe to us on iTunes Podcasts. Um, please like, share the podcast. Uh, that goes a long way. That really helps us out. Um, so thank you um, for watching, and thanks if you do that. A couple things that I wanted to talk about uh, this week. Uh, I put a tweet out and I posted on Instagram. I'm going to read the tweet and then uh, we're going to kind of talk about this topic for a second. Um, I tweeted out, uh, is selling a pole to a novice high school vaulter the best thing a club coach can do? Um, or are they just trying to make a quick buck and eventually creating a bitter experience for someone who thinks a new pole will get them a PR, provide more value? On Instagram, what I did too was I gave a caption and I wanted to expand on that a little bit more. Um, I wrote, trust me, I get it. If a kid needs the next poll and their school doesn't have it, great value. But too often I see coaches peddling whatever brand of poll to a novice kid that has way more skills to work on and learn and plenty of polls at school to make a, a plenty of polls at school, um, but they're just trying to make a quick buck. Long-term, this is a losing strategy. Athletes will get pissed that they spent 500 bucks and they didn't PR or then needed more polls later that their school didn't have. We need to provide more value. Um, again, I want to I expand on this a little bit more and give you my thoughts on selling polls. Look, I, I don't think anybody is doing anything wrong if they sell someone a poll and that's what that person wants, okay? If someone really wants to buy a poll, sell them a poll. I, I don't feel bad about that. Like, whatever. Uh, I think people have the freedom to do whatever they want as far as buy a pole or how they want to go about that. But as, as a club coach, I, I really think it's super important, right? I think as a club, I provide polls at practices. And especially with novice kids, I think a lot of times I've gotten questions from parents. Um, they ask, hey, you know, Bronco, do we need to buy a pole for, for Johnny or Sally? And I'm like, look, not yet. They're just getting started. They're maybe not even bending the pole yet, or it's just barely bending. They're learning a lot of skills. And I would hate to see a parent spend 500 bucks or more on a pole or two. And then six months down the road, if the kid really takes to vaulting and gets, gets better, they might need like the next 10 poles, you know, or they might need another two or three poles. Um, and now what do they do with those poles that they already bought? You know, if, if they're no longer of use, I mean, just to give you, let's say, a, a tangible example, I think a lot of times I've had athletes, let's say like a high school female come in and, you know, she might start out jumping on 11.6 poles, anywhere from ranging from 100 to, you know, 140. And, you know, start jumping like that. The pole's not really bending. It's not really a big deal uh, which pole they're jumping on too. Like I know if they tell me, like, let's say they jump on an 11.6, 120 at practice. And they're like, Bronco, my school only has a 130. I'm like, you're fine. Don't worry, but just use that. Like you'll get by the dual meets. Then six months later, all of a sudden this kid is blown through 12.20, 12.30. They might even start getting on the 12.7 series. And in that situation, it's like I, I really would have felt bad selling, you know, the parent and the kid an 11.620 early on when now they're actually needing bigger and bigger poles and, and actually the, the pole they're on becomes super, super important, you know. I think this also goes a little bit into uh, uh, coaching philosophy. I know for some people, I think it's super, super important. They want to see an athlete bend a pole as soon as possible. 
to me, that's not super important. I, I think there's plenty of coaches out there that talk about the positives of doing straight pole drills. And I think starting out beginners doing straight pole, teaching them how to jump off the ground with a pole, move the pole, swing on a pole, turn, you know, learn all these skills. I think that's super important in the beginning. I'm not too preoccupied with whether or not they bend the pole, but that's the thing. If your first step is like you're trying to get a kid to bend the pole, then they need to be on a light enough pole. And now the next pole is important, the next pole is important, and the next pole is important. And I just, to me, I feel like someone that's just starting out in the sport, you're asking for a lot. Like, you know, each pole can be upwards of $500. You know, this is a big investment. Never mind the training, right? You know, I think here at Apex, you know, we try to provide as much value as possible. And I, I think for the people who are coming in three days a week for a season, they're paying something like less than $20 a practice, which I, I think is super reasonable. But now if on top of it, they have to buy, I don't know, two, three poles at $500 a pop, that's a big, big investment. I don't think that needs to be made, you know, when you're a beginner or novice athlete, you know what I mean? How serious is this kid? You know, is this kid in a situation like... Like, let's say now you have a high school kid. Look, let's say that same high school girl, Sally, right? She's now a senior and she's jumping, I don't know, 12-9. And, and she jumps, you know, on a 13-foot series. And she goes through anywhere from, you know, a 13-30 or, I don't know, 13-40 through, through 55. And her school doesn't have those. If she, and, and as the club coach, you're not going to be at her meets, very often, you're like, you're only going to be at the championship type meets and, you know, maybe they're going to have to jump at dual meets or whatever. Okay, if it may, may make sense for that, that kid to buy one or two poles. Also, if they're going to continue jumping in college and they know that maybe even their college might not have the poles that they need, again, maybe it makes sense for them to purchase some poles. I could see that situation. But I think one of the things when I always talk about coaching pole vault, one, like a big motivator for me is helping people. And two, I really want to grow the sport. I love the sport. I, I've learned a lot through this sport. And I think to grow the sport, we need to give people more access to our sport. And so when you're kind of like pushing poles on people, well, that's going to be a limiting factor. You know, um, one of the, the examples I always use of this is like, you know, are there more kids skateboarding or are there more kids, you know, doing equestrian sports, you know, riding horses through those courses. Skateboarders. Why? Because for skateboarding, you know, maybe you spend a hundred bucks, you get a skateboard, go have fun. You can go skateboard. You know, equestrian sports are super expensive. You know, you got to have a horse. Uh, you have to have rent a stable space. You need to pay for the horse's food, you know. So th these are limiting factors. That's why not a lot of people are involved in that sport. And I, and I get that pole vault is expensive, right? And, you know, last episode, we had Alex Curran on and we talked about, you know, he finally, you know, he did it. He got an indoor facility, super pumped for Alex. And I'm sure he's going to be very successful. He's, he's driven, he's passionate. And I think he's coaching for the right reasons. Um, all, all good stuff. And, 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 and I wish him a lot of success, but yes, it is an expense when you start a business, right? Like for a club owner to buy a set of pits, you know, for you to buy a series of poles. So you have poles that athletes can jump on. These are all expenses. I get it. Right. But imagine I'm going to give you another example or analogy in this case. Imagine if you went to like LA fitness, right? Like you want to work out, you know, and, um, like they had a squat rack. Maybe they even have barbells, but they don't have plates. They don't have any weights. Like you have to bring your own weights. 
why would you go to LA Fitness? Like it doesn't make any sense, right? Like LA Fitness has to provide that for you, right? The way that a gym becomes cheaper, right? Because, you know, and now prices are like through the roof, uh, you know, this past year, but normally under normal years, you're paying about a dollar a pound, maybe a little bit more if you're getting really fancy weights or like, you know, rubber coated weights and stuff like that, but roughly a dollar a pound. So if you wanted to have a thousand pounds of plates at your house, like you wanted to build your own home gym, you're spending at least a thousand bucks just on the plates. Then it's going to be 300 plus dollars for a barbell. Then the squat rack can be a thousand dollars plus. You know, then you might want to get some rubber flooring. And this is all if you even have space for a gym. So this is why a lot of people end up, you know, joining a gym like LA Fitness and they provide the equipment. And all our membership dues are paying for the equipment, paying for the space. And that's what allows us all access to like an LA Fitness. And it's amazing, right? LA Fitness, regardless if you have a home gym or not, has more for you than you would ever have at your home gym. You know, an LA Fitness could have a pool, they have the racquetball courts, maybe a basketball court, they have a lot more space, you know? And that's the same way I view pole vaulting clubs, right? Like, look, even if you're one of those lucky people that you could put a pit in your backyard and you're gonna buy some poles, it's not gonna be like if you have a pole vaulting club that you're a member of where like, okay, at Apex, and we're not even like the biggest, right? I know of clubs that have more than this, but we have over 200 poles. I know there's clubs that have like 500 poles, right? We have two pits here. You know, we have space of 5,400 square feet. It's indoors. So even if you do have that pit in your backyard, guess what? When it rains, eh, tough luck. You can't jump. At Apex, you can. You can come in all the time. I'm the only... Only reason we're ever closed is there's a big snowstorm. Like obviously, like uh, you know, this past uh, winter we had that huge snowstorm where I don't know, it was, uh, it was over a foot everywhere in Jersey. So we were closed that day. Um, but other than that, you know, it's open and it, you know it's indoors. You know, you got two pits, you have all all the poles, and then on top of it, what I what I think is super important for pole vaulting clubs, you got to start having some of this strength and conditioning equipment, right? So we provide so much value for our members you know, and we're giving them a great experience and I want it to be as accessible as possible. You know, I, the worst thing for me is when I hear someone say like, you know, they can't afford it. Cause then I, I try to find out a solution. Like what, what is a way to make it more affordable? That's why even, you know, we have all, we have our once a week, twice a week, three times a week package. We have our seasonal and monthly. And then something that, you know, I'll, I'll put this out there for other people who are club owners that I think is super awesome. We do an intro package. It's $150 for three practices. So that's expensive. It's $50 a practice. But for that person that's not sure if they want to pull for it or not, they pay $150. They don't have to get a monthly or seasonal package. They don't have to make a huge commitment. They come in for the three practices. At the end of those three practices, they're definitely going to know whether they're starting to enjoy it or not. And that $150 can go towards any package they want to continue with. So it's a great way that that's, that's how we introduce a lot of people to the club. Um, but again, go, going back to this tweet, right? I, I think some people got kind of like triggered or offended, you know, like, well, I, I, you know, like maybe they sell poles, you know, out of their club because at Apex we really don't sell poles. I mean, we do, but we typically sell more to like a high school if they need poles, something like that. And it's very rare cases, you know, we have sold poles to some people who really needed them. Their school didn't have any, right? Um, but we don't really sell poles. Um, that's fine. If you sell poles, more power to you. I, I just, I feel like it's kind of a problem 
you know, if we want to grow the sport and, and another thing that I really believe in and, and I think is important for our sport to grow is we can't just have high school, college kids doing the sport, right? We need adults that continue vaulting. One, I hear from so many adults. They're like, oh my God, I used to pole vault in high school. It was so much fun. I wish I could do it. And I'm always like, if they're, they live close to Apex, I'm like, dude, you could do that. Like come to Apex. We have adults, you know? And normally the things that stop them is, is one, um, some clubs um, kind of don't take adults. They, they, they only want, you know, the high school athletes. Uh, two, sometimes it's just too darn expensive. You know, I think at the high school level, um, there's reasons why people might overpay for, for lessons and stuff. And I'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, that's why we're, we're fairly priced. I mean, our prices are very, very competitive to what CrossFit gyms charge, to what strength and conditioning gyms uh, charge. So we're super, super competitively priced. So it's like if they're like, well, you know, but I can do CrossFit for cheaper. But you can't. It's we're just we're about par we're if we're if we're not cheaper we're right there um so i i i really promote that the other thing is we're super welcoming to adults all different type of clientele i think that the thing that i've heard from a lot of people who have dm'd me emailed me contacted me over the years you know is that they may have been a part of a club and the thing is if they weren't jumping high enough they didn't really get a lot of attention they didn't get a lot of attention. And, and here at Apex, one of the things that I stress and I, you know, I always talk about it at the club with my athletes and I also talk about it with anybody who coaches for me. Every athlete matters here. Every athlete matters. You know, whether you're trying to, you know, set a school record, maybe try to jump out of big college or you're just trying to get in better shape. You're just, you're just trying to find that escape, you know, from, from the daily grind as an adult, you know, that matters to us. That matters to us. It isn't just the state champ that matters to us, you know, and I think that's super important as a coach, you know, and I, and I, I just posted today a, a small clip on, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter of Alex Curran, um, the guest on the previous podcast episode. And he talked about his motivations to coach and, it, and it's got, it, you know, I think Alex is so right. It's like, it's, he's like, it's not about me. He's like, I, I want to help other people hit their mark. I want to help other people figure out that part of the ball. You know, that's, that's my role now. And, and I think that's why you have to coach, you know? So again, that's how you draw in adult clientele. And we get those people that used to vault in high school that don't vault anymore, but would like to, that's how you get them back at the club. And then you have an amazing, amazing atmosphere and culture. Like at Apex, one of the things that I'm proud of is like, look, like everybody who comes in, it doesn't matter what walk of life they are. You know, are they an adult, maybe a couple years out of college? Are they a master's athlete? Are they high school, middle school? It doesn't matter. We're all trying to figure out these little things in the vault. We're all trying to figure out how to get a little bit stronger and faster. We're all trying to figure out how to take that next step, you know, and, and that's, that's an amazing environment where guess what? If you do have an athlete that is really high end, that can be a state champ or all American or something like that. Well, guess what? That's an amazing environment for that person to develop in. You know, they learn about hard work, sacrifice, dedication. This is all, all super, super important, you know? Um, 
I guess I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent and it kind of leads to my next topic. But before I go there, just again, to address the tweet and for anybody that maybe was a little bit confused, again, if you sell polls, hey, more power to you, go sell polls. I'm just saying that as a coach, I think we always have to try to instruct the person and lead them into the right direction. You know, we, we are the quote unquote pole expert that they're talking to and we're their mentors, right? As coaches, we're mentors. So if I go up to a novice kid, I'm like, dude, you know, it's going to get you to PR. You, you want to get to that next level. Like, bro, you got to get a couple poles. And it's like, dude, that kid's going to listen to me. That kid's going to listen to me. But you know what? Sometimes you might have to look at that kid and be like, dude, I, I know, I know you just asked about poles, but we're not there yet. Like you have to figure out takeoff, dude. You need to figure out how to swing first, you know, because we don't even know what poles you can get on. You're, you're, you're so novice, beginnerish that it's like, if you develop these skills, who knows what poles you're going to be on, you know? I mean, I, I've had kids who've come into the club where maybe their first month or two, they're only on 12 foot poles. And then it's like a couple months later, they're on 13 sevens, you know? How'd you feel if you sold that kid a 12-foot pole in the beginning? I don't know. You know, the, the, the other thing is, too, it's like, again, if somebody really wants a pole bad, I'd be like, okay, I don't recommend it, but if that's what you really want, I'm not going to stop you. If Maybe you just want to have that pole. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, you want to know that it's in your garage, you know? Um, fine, but, you know, I, I think there's sometimes, too, things that it's like, dude, you don't, you don't need a pole. You don't need a pole. You practice here. You jump at the club. When I know your school has poles, tell me what poles your school has. Fine. If they really don't have, you know, a pole, that's the equivalent of what I think you need. Fine. Maybe we get a pole. Then after that, after that, then it's even like, okay, like, listen, like, Let's say the kid's graduating high school. You know, it's like, hey, dude, you're going to be going to a beach ball or club meet. We always go. We go together. Like, I, I bring poles. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Focus on developing skills. Focus on becoming a better pole vaulter. Because uh, something that I always think of, Westside Barbell, um, the coach there, Louis Simmons, you know, he talks about, uh, he has this quote about lifting shoes, right? And I think I posted one time about this with pole vault spikes, right? But it's like, he's like, don't have a $100 pair of shoes and a 10 cent squat. <laughs> and I think about that in the pole vault, right? It's like, listen, don't have a $100 pair of spikes or don't have like five brand new, whatever brand poles, but have a, you know, a 10 cent jump. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you have to get to a certain level. Like I, even with spikes, sometimes I, t I tell parents all the time when, when, um, their kids are beginners. I'm like, listen, you don't need to buy pole vault spikes. You don't need to buy pole vault spikes. Just go down to the locals, you know, running shoot, running store. And I don't know, you can get middle, middle distance spikes. They sometimes have a little bit of a heel on them. They're not that expensive. You could probably get a pair for like 30, 40 bucks. You know, you don't need pole vault spikes yet down the road, down the road. Maybe that it matters, you know? Um, but I, th I think to grow the sport, we need to do more of that. We need to do more of that. Um, again, going towards this um, next topic that, that I'm kind of bringing up, I, I in fact had, had a conversation today uh, with a parent, you know, talking about, you know, her daughter and the transition from gymnastics to pole vault and specifically coming to Apex, you know. 
Um, and it, it was a really, really interesting conversation. Um, you know, this girl came from gymnastics and, and we were just talking about coaches. And I said, um, I texted the mom and I said, coaching and teaching is more than just the subject matter, right? Coaches and teachers are mentors, right? It's more than just the subject matter. It has to, you have to go above that, right? I go more than PRs and wins. All the kids need to learn how to be good people, work hard, deal with failures. I think a lot of coaches forget about that. I really do. I, I think, you know, again, I, you, you know, the Alex Kern podcast, like, I loved having that conversation with Alex because I can tell, you know, he's coaching for the right reasons. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes there's people out there coaching and they're hanging their hat on results. You know, they want to be able to walk up and be like, ah, oh, dude, did you see uh, last week I coached state champ? That's not the right reason to coach. It, it goes so beyond that. It goes so beyond that. And, um, you know, the, the, the mom texted me back and said, yes, the, feel, uh, the fear of failure is huge, um, you know, learning to deal with that. And she said, I do think some coaches also base their reputation on their athletes' results. Um, which is what her daughter experienced a lot in, in gymnastics. And, um, and I said, too many coaches take credit for results. And don't get me wrong, a coach helps an athlete along the journey. But some of those results just come from some freakishly good athletes, right? It's like, even in the pole vault, like, and, and you know, because of COVID and everything, I ended up not doing this post because um, everything that went on. But, like, I had a kid last year, uh, Brendan Sheehan, and, Listen, kid did awesome, freaking worked his ass off. Um, but also, he got freakishly big. Like, his senior year, you know, I mean, I think when I started coaching him as a sophomore, he weighed 175 pounds, so he's already kind of big. Um, and he was over six foot tall then. I don't know how tall he is now, maybe he's six three. So he definitely grew a couple inches, but he just filled out too. I mean, dude's an animal. Like, he, he weighs like, I don't know. 190, 200 or something like that. And he's in our lifting board. He broke our deadlift record, you know, for the heavier weight category. He did 505 on deadlift and he's done pull-ups well over a hundred pounds. I don't remember the exact number. So I apologize, Brendan, but you know, the kid works really hard and you know, did I coach him? Yes. D did I help him learn how to pull bowl? Yes. I think his genetics had a lot more to do with his 15 foot jump. You know, he jumped 15 last year and placed fourth at, at New Jersey state media champs, which is awesome. I'm super proud of Brendan. Um, but like that's Brendan, you know, Brent, Brendan was going to jump high. I think if Brendan jumped with a lot of coaches, he would have jumped 15 feet. You know, I, I can't just take credit for Brendan. Like it's not, you know, I, I feel like sometimes as pole vault coaches, we want to like pretend it was like, oh my goodness, this kid couldn't walk and chew gum. And now he's a state champ. You know, I taught him how, you know, everything. It's like, no, I mean, th these kids come in with a certain set of talents and skills. And sure, we're trying to build off that. We're trying to make that better, you know, but it's like, I'm proud of Brendan. Brendan did that. I didn't jump 15 last year. You know, I, had, I, I didn't place for that state muted champs. Brendan did, you know, and I, I think, I think we have to remind ourselves as coaches about that. And on the other hand, you know, I've had so many athletes who maybe, maybe they didn't place at state media champs. You know, they weren't a state champ. They weren't a county champ. But I was super proud of those kids' efforts, you know. 
you know, for, for some high school girls that I've coached, when they cleared nine, that was a big deal. You know, for some high school boys that jumped, when they cleared, you know, 11, 12 feet even, you know, whatever, that was a big deal. They worked really hard for that, you know, and, and the other thing that's super important, they learned a lot of life lessons along the way. They learned about hard work and dedication. And I, I, I kind of, you know, don't want to talk about this much, but I, I, I'll just bring it up because, um, so for those of you who don't know, there's this guy named David Goggins. Um, this guy was like 300 pounds. His life was going nowhere. He was working in pest control and then somehow decided he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. On his own, he was able to cut, cut 100 pounds, joined the Navy, became a Navy SEAL, and now he's this like inspirational guy and he does ultra marathons and he's just... He, he has a big talk about this. I'm going to post a short clip. And, uh, you know, I kind of got inspired this, this weekend. I'm going to be attempting because who knows if I'll finish. I hope my body can hold up. But um, his 4 by 4 by 48 challenge, you know. And it's uh, what it is is tonight, um, tonight is Friday, March 5th, um, at 11 p.m. I got to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours, right? And I was talking to one of my uh, adult clients, you know, this guy's jumped 16.9, you know, he's been a part of the ball for a long time. And I was talking to him the one day and it's like, you know, sometimes it's, it's not even, you know, we don't have to argue sometimes the science of training, you know, sometimes it's about hard work, sometimes it's about trying hard, sometimes it's about sacrifice, you know, and these are all things that David Goggins talks about, you know, and these are lessons that we need to give our athletes and even our adult clients, you know, I've had adult clients where, you know, they might have a little rough practice and we sit down at the end of the night and we get to talking and it wasn't really about pole vault. There was life stuff going on, you know, there was life stuff going on and they need, they needed to talk about whatever was going on, you know, maybe at work that day or that week. And you know, what, what's the right way to deal with them. We talk it out, you know, we talk it out because that's the important stuff, you know, and that's, that's really how you also build a culture and community that's very open, welcoming, and hardworking, you know. I, I tell you, I, I sometimes, like, uh, we, we do a linear periodization at Apex. nothing complicated. We start with high reps and work our way down to low reps. And, but before every lifting season, we always do two weeks of circuits. We do a lot of GPP. I've talked about that on some of the podcasts, the general prep, right? So do stuff like push-ups, pull-ups, abs, goblet squats, you know, kettlebell deadlifts, kettlebell swings, you know, uh, farmer's carries, suitcase carries, and just circuit. You just go from one exercise to the next. You do maybe like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, a group of five of them and then minute and a half rest and they'll do three to five rounds of that. And I will sometimes like be finishing up coaching, you know, one athlete on the pit and I see the rest of the group has already started the circuit. And I mean, I just can't help but feel, uh, grateful, uh, proud, um, that people are coming into my building and they're busting their asses they are working so hard. I mean, you know, people are really pushing it, you know, and, and I don't, and it was funny. I, I got a question one time from someone. They're like, Bronco, like, how do, you, how do you get, how do you get your athletes to like, you know, do all those workouts? How do you, you yell at them? I'm like, no, I don't yell at them at all. You know, it's just at this point, it's like, it's like, it's just what happens here. Like, I don't know what to tell you, you know? Um, but I think that's a part of it. When you take your coaching, 
and go beyond the results. You know, you say to yourself, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I like to win. Winning is great. Yes, PRs, we're supposed to be working towards PRs. Yes, that's important. But it's deeper than that. You know, it's that journey of how to get to that PR. You know, what does it take? You know, and I, I think that's, that's super important. You know, and you have to be encouraging. You have to be encouraging. And, um, you know, so the past couple of days I've been talking about, you know, the belt system. And I know I've posted about the belt system and, and pole vaulting, right? Like in martial arts, they have a belt system, right? And Brazilian jiu-jitsu specifically, their system is beginners are white belts. Then it's blue, purple, brown, black, and then there's even red, right? Red is the final one. And I, I talk about, like, as a coach, I think it's super important when, when you're coaching, you're dealing with, a white belt, you have to be very encouraging, very encouraging, right? You're trying to help that person learn this very difficult, intricate skill of pole vaulting, right? And you have to be encouraging and tell, you know, explain things and show them how, yes, that was a little bit better. You, and we can do even better than that, you know? Now they become a blue belt. Now we have to start to be a little bit more critical. They have to have a little bit better understanding of it. This is someone who, you know, you would quote unquote say they are like a pole vaulter. They maybe cleared a bar at this point or something, right? They're a blue belt. Then I, now this is where it's funny because I'm talking about, you know, all these life lessons you have to learn. Well, this is an important one. Sometimes with purple slash brown belts, you got to be a little tough. And we were talking about this in sessions this week. And I was like, guys, why, why does a coach or instructor have to be tough on a purple or brown belt? And almost every session, there was a couple people that knew. They were like, wow, the purple belt thinks they're a black belt. <laughs> and I laugh. I'm like, exactly. Because these are some of the life lessons that even athletes have to learn, right? Even when you think you figured it out, did you really? And that's when it gets hard. And how do you deal with it when it gets hard? When you think you figured it out and now you, figure, you, you understand that you don't, and you're not understanding the drills, you're, you have to do better, you have to work harder, right? Think about like that athlete who, again, this is, a, this, this is probably a talented athlete. They maybe have done something where, you know, they've, they qualify for states or maybe even placed at states, but they're like just on the tip of the iceberg. I can see coaches being a little bit tough then and being like, listen, like, I don't know that you're working as hard as you can. What I think the problem is, and even going back to the text messages between uh, the parent and I, she was bringing up where it's like coaches pushing athletes to do things that they can't do. That's not, that's not being tough. That's not being tough, right? If you are a pole vault coach and forcing an athlete on a pole because you know, you know that they're going to PR and they'll place at states and they're not really physically ready or technically ready to get on that pole, that's your fault. That's, that's not a way to be tough. Be, being tough is with that kid who is talented, and if they are going to make it to the next level, now they might have to train harder. They may have to sleep better. Their diet might need to be better. They need to figure out the drills that they don't like. That's being tough. That's being tough. I, I'll tell you, I mean, that's probably one of the hardest things I do is with a kid that is talented and go, listen, 
I don't know, let, let's say it's like um, like a takeoff drill from a three on a straight pole. A lot of people don't like that, right? I'm like, dude, we got to figure this out. This is the next step. If you could figure out your plant, if you could take off smoothly on a straight pole, then we got a shot of PR. And sometimes they might have to struggle a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. You know, I always tell people, like, I don't know when you're going to figure it out, but this is what we got to figure out. You know, that's okay. That's a good, I think that's a good tough. That's being a good tough. The other end that I just explained, putting people in positions where they shouldn't be, that's not being tough. Getting mad at a kid for failing, that's not okay. I, the way I always explain it to athletes, like, we're going to fail together. It's okay. We'll fail together, but we're going to keep failing. You have to have the patience to fail. I have the patience. Do you? Right? That's a tough process. Just getting mad at a kid who doesn't jump a certain bar, that bothers me, man. Like, when I see coaches getting mad at kids, like, I've seen it all too many times, you know? Kids trying hard, man. Kids trying hard, and it's, it's not working. Maybe they run through. Maybe they get stood up, and, you know, I see a kid crying, and I, I look at the coach getting mad at the kid, and I'm like, dude, something's not, something's not clicking. You know what I mean? Like, coaches need to think about that. You know, coaches, as coaches, we need to think about that. We need to figure that out, you know, and, and I, and I think the final piece to this exchange, you know, with, with the parent and me is like, we have to check our egos at the door as coaches. If something isn't working, we need to be willing to ask someone. We, we need to ask for help. We need to, because one what a traumatic experience for a kid. Like imagine a kid just like always running through, always running through and always underperforming, right? Like coach keeps telling me I can jump 15 feet, but like I just can't roll this 15 foot pole over. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And I keep trying. I can't do it. And coach keeps telling me, it's like, it's on. It's everything's right. Well, clearly it's freaking not. Clearly it is not, dude. Like you cannot tell an athlete that everything is on when – they can't take off, then it's not working. Figure it out. But go ask somebody for help. You know, I mean, even today I got a phone call and it was awesome. Um, this guy from Pennsylvania, you know, he's, he's a father. He's got to coach the high school team and he was asking for help. And we had a great exchange on the phone. I, I sent him an email with a bunch of links to drills and stuff like that. I mean, listen, if nobody else, you know, you can call Apex. You know, you just email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. And I'll help everybody that, that hits me up, you know. Um, you just, you, you have to do right by your athletes. You have to remember, as a coach, it's not about you. It's, it's about the athlete. It's about the athlete. We are trying to help the athletes. So you got to check your ego at the door and do whatever's best for the kids. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, these are just some of my thoughts uh, this week. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll end it there. Again, we're going to be doing a podcast episode every single week. If you have any questions you'd like answered, uh, please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. You could leave a comment in the YouTube page. You could DM us on Instagram, which is at the real apex vaulting. Um, 
We also have a Facebook and a Twitter. You could send us a message on those. Um, just find a way to reach out to us, and we'll try to answer these questions on the podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.